Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Musings of a Man United Fan Podcast. My name is Paul. You are welcome. Today I will be discussing the Euro 2020 Championship round of 16 games played so far and preview some of the upcoming round of 16 games um, that will be played during the week. As, um today and tomorrow and i'll also briefly talk about um the announcement by uefa about the away goes rule change i will share my thoughts on that and see whether well i'll try to examine whether it is a good step forward for um the Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League games that will be played next season. Whether it make it more exciting or whether it be an interesting proposition. So that's what I'll be talking about today. So let's get right into it. Okay. Um, First and foremost, I've not been making any podcast for the past couple of days. It's been close to two weeks now. Um, checking my calendar. Uh, the last time I did the podcast was on the 16th of June. Um, two reasons. There's not been too many news involving um, my United. And I don't want to be discussing Rupert Championships every day, every day, every day. I don't think... I should be doing that. It means I have to be making podcasts for each match day, which I think is not really wise, considering the purpose of this show. Um, basically, I feel that the purpose of this show is to talk about things relating to Manchester United. Of course, um, club football is on on break till uh, till August when the leagues will begin to resume all around Europe and of course Manchester United will be involved probably in some warm up patches before the league campaign begins. Of course there's been the transfer updates, no real transfer update or of course the Jadon Sancho saga is still ongoing. Uh, reports have it that he's close to joining Man United. We are waiting. Um, in Manchester United, we don't do deals easy. We don't get things over the line very quickly. So it's quite frustrating for us Man United fans. And I deliberately don't want to talk about the Jadon Sancho saga. Of course, many people can talk about it, romance, romanticize his coming and all that and all that. But I feel that... It is best for me to make a podcast celebrating the eventual signing of Jaden Sancho rather than join the frenzy of supporters and fans discussing about how close he is to joining Manchester United. Personally, I'm quite disappointed that considering last season, the fact that the price tag was $120 million last season and... United was haggling. They couldn't pay that amount because of the nature of 
no, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, whereby revenues had dropped sharply, that it was not smart to try to get a player for that amount. Or uh, it was not wisdom to pay 120 million for for the player. And now, the reports are that he's worth around 80 million or thereabouts. I don't know between 80 or 90, and United are still pussyfooting. So are we saying that last season, if Dortmund were willing to take that amount, they wouldn't have paid it? Why are we for dragging on the matter? Reports have it that he has accepted personal terms for weeks. It was that's a done deal. That's a foregone conclusion. Why? Is the club still dragging penny pinching over about 10 million pounds? Just get the deal done and move on. It makes no sense really to drag over this matter at this point. Just get the deal done and move on and try and close in on that sense. We'll spend the next one month or there about penny pitcher and dragging, and finally, maybe a serious club will come in and get the player. Then we'll be in a will be in a rat race with in, in getting Dortmund to accept our offer. It's just so frustrating being my NFL with the kind of owners we have, with the kind of negotiators we have, the kind of people who run the club. It's quite frustrating. You can't just get deals done on time. Okay, it's just so frustrating. So enough of that. Uh, that was just digression anyway. Pardon me. All right, I would like to talk about the Europa Championships. And first and foremost, um, Denmark-Wales. Well, Denmark easily trashed the Welsh 3-0. It's, um, it was a terrible and frustrating evening for the Welsh. Gareth Bale, Joe Allen... Aaron Ramsey, Daniel James, all of them struggled to make much impact in the game. They might outclass them, got the game done and done. In fact, it was 4-0, a 4-0 victory for Denmark. Even Brightwood got on the score sheet for Denmark in stoppage time. You can't imagine that. Wales, who four years ago were got to the semi-final stage, were hoping they could pull out that surprise, but the Danes are in a good, they are on good form at the moment, riding on the Ericsson sympathy offers all over the world. I think it has galvanized them, brought some unity and some steel in them, and they are drinking it up. How far it will help them, I do not know. But the Danish side are a good side. In fact, in the games they lost against Finland and Belgium, yes, they did okay. They did very well, especially against Belgium. They did. They played for much of the game. They did very well until De Bruyne came on and turned the game around for the Belgians. So Denmark deservedly outclassed the Welsh and trashed them, and will be taking on uh, the Czech Republic, who t- earlier yesterday uh, defeated. The Netherlands by two goes to nothing. By the way, I'm recording this podcast by one twenty well by past one AM in the morning in Nigeria. So 
it might feel a bit a little bit weird about the timing depending on when you're listening but it's monday in nigeria so monday morning all right so back to what i was talking about the Czech defeated the Netherlands 2-0. A very disappointing game personally for me. I love the Dutch. Um, that one of the teams I like watching and I admire. I personally like um, Denzel Dumfries, who I felt had an outstanding game. He did okay. Uh, at least from lost of the game. It's just unfortunate that um, um, the lead um, got that red card that turned the game in. Czech Republic's favor. I think uh, Deli, I mean, Delic should have allowed uh, Patrick Schick to go in and go. Who knows? He may have missed the opportunity. Uh, Stecklenburg could have saved the, uh, saved the shot or something. Or at least with 11 men, they had a chance of drawing level. Unfortunately, they couldn't uh, come back after it was um, after they scored with 10 men, it was the odds were against them. Playing with 10 men, Czech Republic finally getting the breakthrough and getting a second goal to kill the game off. You know, so it was um, very disappointing for the Dutch. They, they did the best. Uh, unfortunately, it was not just good enough. Dumfries had a good game. Memphis was, um, his set pieces were mostly poor. In the first one, they were quite poor. In the second half, they were better, but the damage had been done. Um, they, there was not enough chances for the Dutch. They gave in everything. Um, Wijnaldum, Timber, um, Promise, and so on. Not Quincy Promise. Um, what is this? Is it? It's not Quincy Promise, rather. It's, uh, I don't know. The One of the subs that came on. Um, Frankie the Young, they all did okay. Well, they all put in that, but it just wasn't good enough. The Czechs were just too physical and organized for them. Playing one man down, it was too tall a mountain to climb for the the Dutch. Then uh, the Italians, um, day before yesterday, that is on Saturday, they defeated the Austrians 2 1. Uh, good win for the Italians. Uh, they had to do it the hard way in extra time. Getting two goals through Federico Chiesa and Matteo Pessina. The Austrians pulled one back, but the Italians were able to hold out for the victory. Uh, it was a good game. The Italians struggled in the first half. The Austrians were much, much more dangerous in the second half, created chances, had the goals allowed. Um, but the Italians survived, held on to extra time, and took advantage of the opportunities that came in extra time. The Austrians fought back, pulled the goal back, but it was, the Italians were just too strong for them. And the Austrians can go home with some pride. The Italians fought John, and they'll be taking out the Belgians who defeated title holders Portugal in a game that remained well I don't know what to make of that game firstly I uh, I've loved Portuguese being champions to have gone further in the tournament so the draws somebody just had to leave somebody had to go home it's a knockout 
is at the knockout stage now and uh, Belgium had the upper hand a gauge strike by Togan Hazard from out of the outside the 18-yard box a screamer great goal uh, some pundits feel that Rui Patricia could have done more to save it I don't know it was a powerful shot and it was curling so I don't know maybe some people are just being too harsh on Rui Patricia uh, but that's how it is at this level. A very good strike. The Portuguese struggled to uh, make many chances in the first half. Um, the Jota had a poor first half. I missed the only chance they had to get on the score sheet. In the second half, the Portuguese were much, much better. Um, their coach made some positive changes, bringing Joao Felix, Bruno Fernandes, and they created some chances, hitting the woodwork. Guerrero hit the woodwork. Uh, Ruben Diaz having a header saved by Tribot Couture, and some other half chances that they could have scored. But the Belgians were able to defend stoutly and frustrate the Portuguese. Ronaldo struggled too. He didn't really have a particularly good game. He did also have a bad game because he had five attempts on goal, three of which were blocked. Um, but the Portuguese team failed to create a lot of opportunities for him. He's 36 years old now. He's out of the tournament. He has scored five goals. He has um, broken Ali Dai's record. Um, so he has achieved something on a personal level. But I don't think he he did equal or break the record. I'm not sure about that. But at least I know he has equaled the record. I'm not so sure. I'll have to confirm that uh, if he has broken the record. But I'm sure he will do that along the line. There's still a World Cup to be played um, next year, towards the end of next year, 2022. I'm sure Ronaldo will be there. He'll be 37 by then, I believe. Or 38, who knows? I'm not sure. I think it will be it's gonna be 37, at least 37 by the time the World Cup is played. And I'm sure during the, the qualifiers for the European Championships and World Cup, um he'll be getting on the score sheet without a question. So he's destined to break the I die record if he has not broken it yet. So that's that about the games that were played. Um, in the European Championships um, for the last two days on Saturday and Sunday. The supporting results for me, in terms of the Dutch, I would have preferred the Dutch to have gone through. But the Czech have been solid, have been hard to beat, but I'm sure they will give Denmark a good game. I don't know who would win. I would... Denmark, Czech Republic. I would stick out for Denmark. Um, I would fancy them, the Danes to win. They seem much more clinical. Um, Czech Republic will be defensively solid, but I don't think they'll be able to beat the Danes. But either way, one of these teams will get to the semi-finals, which will be a good one for either country, considering the quality of the quality of opposition and that will be left in the tournament. Okay, and also the Italians and the Belgians. I'll be rooting for the Italians. Though they are my favorite team. 
um, outside of England. They're my favorite team to win the tournament. So, Italy, England, now Dutch, which are also my one of my favorite teams, have been sent packing. So, I'll be rooting for the Italians to defeat the Belgians, who have defeated Portugal. Um, and let's see how that turns out. So, to, today, later today, Croatia will be taking on Spain. That's another tricky one. Uh, in the last Republic Championship, Croatia defeated Spain. So Spain have an axe to grind with Croatia. I'm sure Spain ideally on paper should be winning this game, but Spain often struggles. Well, in this tournament, Spain has been struggling to get going against teams that are very defensively solid. So if they are going to win this tournament, they need people like Morata to be firing their chances whenever they create them. Morata missed a penalty against Slovakia. Although the Spanish eventually won the game 5-0, but Morata should be, you know, taking his chances. He has been indifferent, bordering on poor in this European Championships, I have to say. Then France will be taking on Switzerland. Uh, we expect France to win this one. It will be a surprise if the Swiss win this one. And I don't think the French are too strong and too professional and vastly experienced to throw away this one at this stage against Switzerland, who, um, until the last game, didn't really... Uh, when pulling up any trees, really. So I expect the French to go through in this one. Then England, Germany, the big one. I hope, well, I'm a fan of England and, and I'm also, I also like the Germans. But if I were to pick, I would take England any day because of my ties with Manchester United. Then Sweden, Ukraine. That's another difficult one, and it could go either way. But Sweden look, they look very clinical in their finishing. The way they defeated Poland suggests that they would probably take care of Ukraine. So I'll be rooting for the Swedes. Well, I'll not rooting per se. I'll be. I expect the Swiss to defeat Ukraine. So that's it basically. So England, Germany. I want England to win. The Germans are always a good side on that day. They could defeat anyone. The, the defeated Portugal was struggled to defeat Hungary, but they managed to get the point they needed to scale through. So let's see which German team will turn out against England. So that is basically for the championships. I will be doing a podcast probably after all the after maybe on Wednesday after the games have been played and give my analysis on how who I expect to win the quarterfinal matches. So far we know that Denmark will play in Czech Republic and it will be taken on Belgium. Alright, so quickly I would like to talk about the away goals rule change made by UEFA during the week last week. Um, UEFA announced that for next season, uh, the away goals rule will be jettisoned, and it doesn't matter whether you score away from home, whether you score once. The aggregate goal, if it's two-two, 
3344 nobody knowing nine regulation time you go to extra time and if if you don't get the winner you go to penalty so that is the new rule by uefa well i don't know how i don't know if it will make an impact significantly well it should make an impact because uh, many many games many in in the knockout stages of the champions league and europa league many teams get knocked out not so much but a lot uh, most often than not teams get knocked out on the away goals rule you win 1-0 at home or somebody a team wins one zero at home or win loses the first leg away from home two one, then wins one zero at home and scale through despite a two two draw. Okay, so in that kind of scenario, the the team who lost the first leg in this instance has to go further to score a goal to force the game to end the make the game end in regulation time or they will be faced with playing extra time. So I think it will bring a different scenario, a different level of excitement for um, knockout competitions. So I guess teams will not be content with just scoring a goal just enough to keep them, you know, in a competition so playing home playing first or playing away from home really doesn't come with any advantage any longer once you avoid losing you probably will qualify so let's see how it goes i'm sure it will have its own level of drama um but Maybe it will be successful. Maybe it will not be successful. I'm sure uh, UEFA must have analysed the pros and cons of losing the goal matches, and I mean the impact the goals have had along the years. I've decided to jettison it. Let's see if they are right this time. I remember um Manchester when Manchester United t- took on Bayern Munich in the Champions League in 2011 2011 2012 season and we lost that game on the way goes through we lost 2-1 in Munich but we won the second leg at Old Trafford 3-2 so um the game ended 4-4 on aggregate but because Bayern scored two at Old Trafford they went on they won they qualified for the the semi-finals or the quarter-finals i, I think the semi-finals on the way goes room because we won we defeated a similar in the second round so we played in the quarter-finals so they presented the semi-finals on the way goes room because of that uh because of that the way goes rule law so if it had ended 4-4 if the way goes rule didn't apply then would have gone into extra time and i'm sure united would have won that game because um, we were doing very well up until uh, robin's goal went in and we knew that we had to score you know to win that game or get into the semi-finals if daryl wasn't there we just uh, Bayern would have had to keep attacking 
you know, to force the game, to win the game. And who knows, we would have had openings to have scored again to either win the game outright in regulation time or at least take the game to extra time and fancy our chances in extra time. So that is it basically for me today. It's been a long show, longer than I've ever done. My apologies if it's been time-consuming for you. I appreciate all who have been listening to my shows. Keep listening. I thank you all. Have a good one. Stay blessed. Bye-bye.